gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You have to be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Well, we had a special show lined up this week. We're going to have former Detroit Police Chief James Craig on to talk about his future, about the future of the Michigan Republican Party, which is having its state convention this weekend. And we're going to ask him a little bit about uh, his history as a Detroit police officer, a black Detroit police officer at a time when the department was still being integrated and was still struggling with those issues. But something bigger has happened, and I wish to hell that it hadn't. As you know, there was a shooter on the campus at Michigan State last night. Three people were killed. Five people are in critical condition as we broadcast this morning, which is Tuesday, uh, the uh, 14th of February. Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. And, uh, and so we, uh, we shift gears to talk about the news because this is a news program. And we're joined by two special guests today. Two young men who were on campus last night when this happened, they're going to share their experience with us. And we're going to talk a little bit about how the media did in uh, literally a live fire uh, situation and um, what it was like to live through that. My daughter, uh, one of them was at our house in East Lansing, and she had the lights off and was hiding under a table. My other daughter was at a dormitory with her improv troupe, and they were not really aware of what was going on and not sure what was being done to protect them. And, and they were locked up until one fifteen in the morning. Um, we're also joined by Sam Windsor, the son of our co-host, Sean Windsor, who's here and had a harrowing night as well. And, uh, and Patrick Parton, who's a, a friend of his, uh, he's a kid from Ann Arbor. He went to MSU. He still likes the Wolverines, but we're going to put that aside today mm. because even Dan Leach is cheering for the Spartans today because this is one of those things where, Blue and yellow comes together and makes green. I know it's a cliche, but we're all in this together because the sad thing is these shootings happen everywhere, and we don't know where they're going to happen next. We don't want them to happen, but we're pretty sure that they are going to happen. And Mark Fellhauer is here too. So uh, we want to uh, just briefly thank the people who make this show possible, David Hall of Hall Financial and Luke Nowacki of uh, Pinnacle Wealth Strategies, two, two folks who can help you. With your finances, which are very important, but they don't seem as important today as trying to make sense of something that just is senseless. So uh, I don't know who wants to go next, gentlemen. Well, but, I, it's, uh, it's, there's so much to say, but it just feels like it's all kind of pointless. You two were the first two guys I thought of when I saw the news because I knew of your connections there and that you had loved ones there. I just wondered how you guys heard, and before we get to Sam and Patrick, like... You know, knowing you have kids there, what's the what's the first thing you do besides reach out to? Them? I mean, what I mean, what was going through your head when you when you found out? When did you find out too? So I, I got an alert from MSU DPS. I, I signed up for the uh, text message alerts. I got it at eight thirty one, just as we were getting ready to play volleyball at the Detroit City Fieldhouse, and it just said there's a live shooter uh, situation, um, and it just said quite simply, hide, run, fight. Um, lockdown uh, procedures it said uh, in fact i'll read it to you uh at 8 31 msu police report shots fired incident occurred on or near the east lansing campus secure in place immediately run hide fight and we pretty much didn't have any official word 
from them by text until, well, I mean, they never really sent a text saying that the situation is, is resolved, but I think, I think they're also getting swamped. I heard that, that the cell towers were overwhelmed sure. and people couldn't even get through with texts, let alone going up there because the, the roads were closed. I was actually dr driving downtown Ann Arbor to, to pick up my brother-in-law from work. He works at the, the Michigan Theater as a projectionist, and I often go get him, and I got a call from my wife, and she said, I just talked to Sam. And, um, and that's how I found out. And so I immediately found out he was okay, which was, right, so that, mm -hmm. that kind of takes the temperature down. Okay, for now. No, no, for sure. But yeah. but but she was on the phone with him, and and then I is we hung up, and then I called Sam, and then we talked for a bit. So, and I could tell, you know, he was struggling, obviously, but but I knew he was okay at least for then. And I and I didn't have all the information like sure. anybody, but I thought, okay, he's off campus just a little bit, and um, so that gives you a little bit of peace. But you never know. And what we can talk about this is the reports came in at one point. Sam thought there were gunshots, you know, a, a few homes down a, a block away. He heard about on the scanner, and that although we didn't hear that in real time, but yeah, so there was a lot of um, misinformation. There was obviously some tr some truth mixed in as well, but uh, but the main thing for me and for Sam as, as mom was that he, we were on the phone with him for most of the night, and and we knew he was okay in, in that way. Well, let's let's bring in Sam and and Sam. What what's that like to call your mom? I mean, it's the first thing you say is I'm okay, but I mean, how how do you approach that? Well, I mean, she called me and I knew immediately what she was calling for, because at that point, I think it was 20 minutes after most of the community was basically aware of the situation. Um, and so I was like glad that she was calling and that we were able to talk in that time that I could just, you know, help her relax because I obviously knew that um, her and my dad were going to be worried as well as my brother. But I was honestly very tense um at the time and for most of the night you know i ended up barricading my door and just laying on the floor but i was just worrying and thinking of patrick for the whole time because he was actually on campus in our apartments about a mile north of berkey hall where this, the first shooting was um so i wasn't too worried about myself necessarily i was just thinking about patrick the whole time Patrick, what uh, what went through your mind? I mean, how did you find out? And I mean, how quick did, were you able to contact your family, your loved ones, and, and even uh, Sam to let him know that, yeah, I'm okay? So I was in the middle of my internship, which is the MSU Adaptive Sports Program. And uh, we were at Jenison Hall. We were setting up for an event. And uh, a few of our, like the other interns got an email. And it was like the run, hide, fight. Yeah like subject line and we're like oh is this like for real is this like is this like fake like what's going on and then we started to get more um information in from like other people and they're like oh this is this is like a big deal so we ended up just barricading ourselves inside of a uh, locker room and placing stuff on the uh doors just making sure like no one get in lights were off all of that and it was honestly a little bit before i like reached out to people because I totally spaced on it because it's not your first thought. Sure. I mean, no, it was your, a tense your, situation. Your first thought is survival. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not yeah. reaching out to your parents or your roommate or your, your brothers, you know? Yeah. Well, if, if I didn't say it, I, I, I want to apologize for not starting the show with this. And if I did say it, I don't think we can say it enough. We've got our kids. We've been in touch with our kids pretty much since this happened, but there's three families who have lost their kids and there are five families 
that don't know what's going to happen to their kids. And, and so I don't know if you believe in prayer or your big good karma or, you know, Santeria, if you want to sacrifice a hen or something like that, I <laughs> would suggest that this would be a good time to try and get whatever juju you've got going whatever works, yeah. towards those folks. Because, you know, when you send your kid to college, it's exciting because they're off on their own. And, and maybe it's exciting because you finally got the little shits out of the house and you can start to live your life again. <laughs> But you're also, I'm not talking about Sam, I'm thinking more Patrick because he's a big Wolverine fan still. Maybe they should have sent him to Alabama or something. But but then you're also worried because what's going to happen to him? And and something like this happens, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, inconceivable. And the reports that we were getting throughout the night – you know, Sean and I were corresponding, and Mark was too, because, you know, we, we bust each other's agates, but we're all good friends, and we're all concerned about each other's families. And I remember sending something to Sean and saying, good news, I, I hear they're moving away from uh, the union, because I think we thought maybe you had somebody over by the IM or something like that, the intramural sports building. And then later on, then they report that it's near Berkey Hall, like, oh, that they're moving close to where my kid is at Snyder Phillips. And then there was another report later on that they found a body at the intramural building. There were all these erroneous reports going on because people were just posting what they were hearing over the scanner. And this isn't to criticize the police. What goes over the scanner is what they're hearing, and they're trying to get bodies to wherever they think there's the greatest need. But it was maddening how you could not get your arms around what was going on. It was just every time you turned around you know, they're defining bodies or there's, there's somebody, you know, a building has been swept or a building hasn't been swept. I mean, it was, it was that fear of, of not knowing what's going on and feeling completely and utterly powerless. That I, is. Yeah. I talked to my brother awful. at one point last night who lives in Oakland County and his daughter, uh, Sam's cousin, Mallory, who's on campus there. And, um, my brother was telling me, he was listening to a scanner too. And he said there, there were multiple shooters reports of multiple shooters and i know sam i don't know if patrick heard that uh, maybe sam well, well before the show texted, but sam heard that too we were talking a little bit and um i was asking patrick and patrick you can you know elaborate on this you know he referred to they you know we heard they were here they were here because the first reports you got were multiple shooters or you saw a picture of three people is that correct yeah patrick? yeah so we we're getting a lot of information from just like twitter and like the radio and anywhere we could and this picture kept circulating of uh, it was like a shot of three people with uh, like, I mean, it looked like assault rifles and we all assumed it was just the shooter. So we thought it was multiple people. And so when we kept on getting information that they're at Berkey or the union or maybe near I am circle or West or I am East, we just thought there was multiple people all around. So it just wasn't safe anywhere. So I think that was probably the worst part. Because we didn't know it was going to like happen or go on. How many people were you sheltering with? Like, I mean, were a group of you? Yeah, it was about ten to thirteen. I'm not totally sure of the number. And so was everybody, you know, deep in their phones, looking at Twitter and like, oh, look at this, look at that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So we had all the lights off, and obviously the sound on our phones all completely off. And uh, everyone was in their own little spot, trying to figure out what's going on texting like loved ones and friends and people they know on campus and then people out of state letting them know what's going on and so we were just trying to like pull all the information we could together which honestly in hindsight wasn't like the best because we didn't really get a uh, 
clear view of what was happening and just like a lot of just fake stuff. But it was also a little comforting that we were able to just be able to like receive any kind of information rather than just be like completely off the grid, like locked in a room. You know, that's, that's an interesting point is, is a little bit of misinformation better than no information. I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I was telling both ML and Sean before the show, I was, I was appalled at a couple of local news channels here because they would put any student on and let that student basically relay what they have seen from text messaging or chats. And they were just putting misinformation. I mean, at one time there were bombs in multiple buildings and they repeated the multiple shooter stuff and a lot of stuff coming from the scanner, which is unverified without even mentioning that. I thought that was just utterly insane to do that because then you have people here in Oakland County that want to that have family and loved ones there and want to go out there because they're hearing all this bullshit well it was a good lesson for us too and Mike can attest to this um the editor of the free press sent out a, an email last night reminding everybody not to tweet based off what they were hearing off the scanner because you can't verify it and it's just the world we're in we, we have access to this real-time information but not the time to sift through to make sure it's actually real information and so to get that email last night from our executive editor was like, oh yeah, this is uh, this is really something we have to remember. What you know, what, what we do and what we're trained to do as journalists in these situations, and it's probably easy to forget when it's just coming at you second after second after second. And these television anchors, it's a tough job to sit there and talk about a horrific incident without any information whatsoever. But you got to remind people that what these people are saying is all rumor. It's not. It's not based on, you know, it hasn't been verified. Sam, were you were you texting Patrick trying to help him with maybe some information that you had access to that, that he didn't? Uh, yeah. Um, whenever I thought that there was something that was confirmed, I would let him know um, because I was watching the news and then I also had my phone on Twitter. But I was on YouTube watching this, um, I think this pretty reputable source, I think it was, I don't know if I can say the name of it on here, but it was called the uh, agenda free TV. And, um, no, you can't you know, say the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are, you are just like, you're just like your dad. Can, uh, I, can I ask a question? Any, uh, <laughs> any information or breaking story, breaking news that was coming out was not being relayed on this news source, unless if it had been confirmed by the MSU police department or multiple other sources, um, so anytime I let Patrick know something that I know, I said, this is unconfirmed, but there's reports of this or there's reports of that. Or if there was something that was confirmed, I'd let him know, um, obviously that it was confirmed. And I think that was part of the, the issue was that there were so many calls going into the police. Um, and there were so many p- people listening to the radio and the news as things were happening, um, that these reports were coming from all over the campus. And that's kind of, I think, what led to the unrest was people were just calling in when they heard screaming um, when students were leaving or getting cleared out of buildings. Mm -hmm. And then they would call the police and say, oh, maybe there's gunshots here. Um, And it just sort of led to this fiasco. And that's when I started getting scared at my apartment because the scanners said that there was reported shots um, at Abbott in the quarters, which is basically um, like 300 feet from our building. And um, so that's when I barricaded my door. But I think that ended up being a, a false report. But so that was just kind of fueling the fire of, of all of the anxiety, I think, was just the unknown and um, the falsified information that was going on. Well, it's as someone who's worked in TV and in print, there's there's a different challenge for each of them. In, in TV, you're trying to fill all the space. 
You know, so you, you you're on you're on constantly, and and you have to you have to keep going. Uh, in print, we can drop back a little bit and verify things, and that's why again I thought Fox did a, a pretty good job last night. I thought Rup Raj had a pretty steady hand on on the rudder um, in his first real test as the main anchor there, but. But in print, you know, we can kind of go dark for a little while and, and do some digging and post some stuff. So I think, and, and this may seem self-serving, but I'll just tell you as someone who has friends at every news outlet in town, if there's something like this going on, this is when you really want the mainstream media. This is really when you want the free press and the news to be your main news source because we're not posting stuff to be first. We're posting stuff that we've confirmed that we know is right. And sometimes it means we don't get it up right away. But I'm old enough to remember when the reports came out that Ronald Reagan's press secretary was dead. Wow. Now, he actually died 30 years later, but people wanted to get that report out. He was just very badly injured. James Brady, you may remember him. There's a, a gun control legislation named after him. I'll say Alexander Haig didn't really help that, uh, that cloud of what was going yeah, on. Either. He's in charge here. Yeah. But, but one of the things with this wrong information is, you know, so I, I had a hockey buddy who was who – was, giving me a hard time. He says, I heard on the scan that the shooter's killed. And I said, I believe you. But, you know, I told him the story about James Brady and he's like, well, would you rather, would you rather have known 30 minutes ago that the shooter was dead? I'm like, well, if you were wrong and I told my kid they can leave the dormitory and they run into the shooter. No, I, I want it official that, yeah. that the shooter's dead. And the misinformation can be very dangerous. It can certainly help pass the time, but, but so can angry birds and, uh, well, there, and there, there whatever were t- else you get on your phone. There were, and this is the, the problem. And I was just saying after the Super Bowl how great Twitter was after the Super Bowl. A lot of people were having fun with it. It was kind of a, a fun atmosphere to be in. Last night, there was so much misinformation. And then you start seeing tweets of, hey, here's the shooter. And it's absolutely not the guy. And it's S- just Sam mentioned that last night to me that there were, uh, or maybe mentioned to, to Ann, but that there were photos uh, that had been Photoshopped going around and how frustrating that was too right i'm, I'm sure somebody had a uh let's go brandon and and joe biden was the shooter or something i mean well, there's all I, kinds it, of assholes it wasn't even it wasn't even political it was just someone doing it for clout and it's like what the fuck are you doing yeah um i wanted to ask patrick so what at what time did you get the all clear and, and what was that feeling like i mean was it eerie walking out back onto campus where this happened and did you what did you see did you see um I mean, did you see, I would assume tons of police, not much, I don't know if there was bodies or anything. I don't want to get too morbid. Um, we didn't, I think we got the all clear around like one or like 1230. And it honestly, it was just refreshing. Like hearing that after, like they kept pushing this, uh, it was like the news or press conference. Yeah. They kept pushing it back further and further. So you're like, oh, it's like, are we going to be here all night? Are we going to be here for the next five minutes? Like, we don't know. So getting the email is nice and getting off onto campus. Yeah, it was really strange. So there was, there was a lot of people like walking in pairs or in big groups back to wherever they came from. Um, I had to walk to get my car to bring it around to pick someone up. And uh, there was a helicopter parked, I guess, parked. And like, you know, demonstration hall, there's like a big field by like the Sparty statue. So there's a helicopter parked there, still going. And so it was just a weird, like, site. it reminded me a bit of, um, like back during 2020, I think with COVID when people were starting to like leave campus and it was just like, you could hear a pin drop, honestly, 
like not a ton of people, everyone just flocking away. It's, and I, I don't think I'm giving anybody any ideas here, but a college campus is the most horrible place to have something like this. You got cars from all over the place who maybe nobody's driven for a while, so they're not going to miss them. Different out-of-state plates. You got buildings full of rooms that are dark because they're closed for the evening. You got dormitories where anybody can get into a room, and you you might have to search hundreds of rooms in a building before you're sure that nobody's being held hostage. And when you lock these, the first investigation I ever did as a reporter was on dorm security and how kids would prop doors open and. My daughter was with her improv troupe in a dormitory in a basement theater. At least that's what we thought. And, you know, they're, the signal's bad in the basement. It's an old building. So if somebody's pounding on the door to say, let me in, they're probably going to let them in. So we're trying to reach them just to say, hey, do you know what's going on on campus? Get with your group. And they were still doing their, 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 uh, their gig. Hmm. And I didn't want to terrify them and say, you know, you guys need to get the hell under a desk right now. And I think it kind of dawned on them. So, so my wife, Teresa, called the dormitory and said, hey, what are you guys doing for security? Do you know there's a bunch of kids in the basement? And, and they said, yeah, they, the, the, the front desk person whispered, you know, it's like, I'm not supposed to be talking, but we've locked the building and no one's supposed to come in. Well, if you're some kid on the top floor who's jamming your tunes, which is what the kids say these days, <laughs> you don't know about that. You're going to walk out the back door and think you're getting a pizza and somebody's going to put a muzzle in your face. I mean... This is the absolute worst place to have a gunman on the loose. It's a lush campus. There was a kid who walked away from a party drunk yeah. and was not that far from a dormitory. They didn't find him for months. I mean, that's that's how how easy it is to hide there and to get lost there. And then the police, which is a somewhat small police department, they have hundreds of cops from every jurisdiction coming in to help. So now you've got to organize, okay, who's going to do what? And I know you want to help, but can you wait a minute? Because we're trying to deploy people and set up a command center. The fact that it went as, as I don't want to say as well as it went, but that it didn't go worse is, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's I, unbelievable. It, it, it's interesting because watching it last night, it hit me. It's like, look at this response from all these different jurisdictions that are, that are coming in to help out i mean it's a yeah, great flint thing. police were blocking some roads i heard yeah and um it's so a long drive i have a nine-year-old i wanted to let her know about this so she didn't hear it at school and maybe get scared and try to explain it to her and i said look it's it's one bad guy because she really wanted to know you know who did this why would somebody do this that didn't compute in her head and i said but the thing you got to remember is look at all the people that ran to danger to help out, to assist, to help catch the bad guy, and then help everybody that's left in the wake. Because it's not just the three dead. It's not just the five that are, you know, hanging on to their life right now. It's people like Sam and Patrick that are going to remember this forever. And there's this is when a community, you know, kind of gets together, and that that's a good thing. One of the things that really, really got me last night, and I didn't tell Sam this, and I don't know if Patrick knows this, so he probably figured it out just because of the way the night unfolded, but... At one point, you know, Ann and I wanted to, to to go get him. And the police were saying, like a lot of parents did, right? And the police are saying, uh, stay away. It's just going to create mm -hmm. chaos. And we thought, well, he's a little bit north of campus, so maybe there's a way. Or, um, you know, in any case, you, you, you don't want to buck that. But so we asked him, said, hey, you, you, know, you want some company or you just come up? Or even uh, my other son, uh, Sam's brother, Jake. He he said, "Hey, I'll go up and, and hang out with him." But Sam, um, you know, and I'm not one to always brag on my my kids publicly, but I'm going to do it here. Sam said, "No, I'm staying for 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 Patrick. 
I'm not leaving until he, he gets home and I know he's home safe. And, uh, and then we will either stay the night here or go depending on what he wants to do because he was the one that was, you know, locked in the locker room for all those hours. And, um, you know, you, <laughs> you were joking about your kids really. When you hear something like that come out of your kid's mouth, you think, okay. You did good? Yeah. Well, no, not that I did good, but th- th- no, but, but he's. Recessive yeah. genes. <laughs> <laughs> but useful. I was just, uh, I was really moved by that. It's reassuring. Very proud of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think you did see a lot of concerns for students for each other, but you know, we, we tell our, our kids, particularly those of us who have daughters, watch out for strangers on campus and, you know, use your keys to fight and spray them. And that you, somebody with a gun, you just can't, I mean, this is, and, and Teresa interviewed a, a woman um, last night who actually sold us a car. <laughs> she, um, you can find the story at freep.com. We saw her on TV or we heard her on TV. Her daughter, uh, had friends who were killed at Oxford. She was an Oxford high school student and some of her friends were killed. And this is her first year at Michigan state. And she's across the street where she can hear the gunshots. You know, what is, what do you tell that kid? You know, it's going to be okay. In the last couple of years, she's, she's had friends mowed down in her high school and she goes away to college is somewhat, you know, uh, somewhat idyllic setting, a little bit more pastoral, and there's gunshots across the street from somebody else. I mean, I, I don't know that you can, in good conscience, tell a kid like that, this can't happen again. Don't worry about it. I was thinking about this last night, and, and I don't know if this is true for you, Patrick, but I was thinking about it with Sam and all the other kids that are that have to go back to the union. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam's got a couple of classes in Berkey Hall where the shooting started. What what the psychology of that? What what What's that going to feel like for you guys? I mean, maybe you can't imagine, but I bet you can in some ways about going back into these buildings where this just happened. Uh, well, I mean, Patrick and I both said like, screw going to the union ever again. We're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> but I have, I've had a class at Berkey hall every semester. I've been a student at Michigan state and this semester I have two classes there. Um, so I guess part of me is hoping that there will be an email or some sort of notification that we'll have the chance to have Zoom maybe for the rest of the semester or something um, of that nature. But um, I don't I can't describe what it would feel like going back there. I think, I think it would be eerie for sure. But um, since I wasn't like exactly on campus or obviously like a part of it when everything was going down, like others were, um, I don't think that I will have the same emotions, I guess. So it might not be as, as hard or tough on me. But. Ber- Berkey hall, that is just a classroom hall, right? That's not a residential. No, it's, no. Yeah. It's just, yeah. For, just for classroom. It's tends to be a lot of the liberal arts classes and maybe some of the, some of the life sciences, but it's, it's right on grand river. It's uh, yeah. right across from peanut apparel. I mean, I, I was parked at Berkey hall, uh, last, uh, last Tuesday for the Michigan state Maryland game. I mean, this is, Let, this, this is the gateway to campus. This is a, a building that people and I on football Saturdays, I, they go in and out to use the bathroom. I mean, uh, this is high traffic area. I wanted to get your opinion on this because another thing I was talking to my daughter about, cause she knows her school just got all new doors, like safety doors. And she's like, why don't they all just have those safety doors? And I said, well, residence halls have pretty good safety you know they have locked doors you have to use your key card to get in there's people at a front desk i said but the idea of a public university is that it's open it's open to the public i mean you should be able to go in to a library or or a public institution like that um so then my thought was well 
should there be some kind of entrance lock on these halls? I didn't know what, what your opinion would be on that. Do you, do you think it's supposed to be this open public institution or should, should the doors be locked? I, I think that question is for the boys because, uh, would you feel safe? You guys would have to go through those doors. Uh, yeah, this is the, the, this is the last question I think we have for them and, okay. then, and then we need to let them, let them go. But, uh, understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, do you want to ask that again, Mike? What was the question? Sorry. Well, just about the safety within these these buildings being open all the time. I mean, do you think it should be that way, or do you think it should be harder to get into, you know, a classroom building or a union? I don't know. I think it's a tough question because places like the union, I mean, I like how it's, like, public and, like, open for everyone because they have events there, and they adds, it, adds a lot of, um, it adds a lot to the environment which I always appreciate because I like going there and seeing like farmers markets and things like that for the classrooms though. I mean, I think it would be a little nicer having the, I guess, peace of mind knowing that some of the doors are locked and that maybe you can only get in using like your key card, like all the student IDs, just like knowing that, I mean, this can't happen again, or at least if it does, that's a little more, there's a little more of like a cushion between you and someone else. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think there's any harm if it's if it's a campus building where the only purpose is serving as a dormitory or, or classrooms for for students only. Then I wouldn't see the harm in, in having to have some sort of key card um, if you are a student to get in that building or faculty or staff or something like that. Um, so, so here's the here's the practical matter: the, the the flow of human beings going in and out of these buildings, particularly some of the really big academic halls like Wells Halls, where there's a lecture hall that has you know hundreds of people. Is if you're facing a crowd, you're just going to flow right in. And kids hold doors open for people all the time because they're generally sure. courteous kids, and they don't think the guy next to them is going to be the last asshole they help get into a building. And we don't know the circumstances of how this guy got the weapons. We we do know that he was convicted of or pleaded guilty, which is a conviction of having a, a gun in his car that he shouldn't have had. But can we make it harder to get guns than it is to get into academic buildings than to make it harder than it is to get into places, a union? You know what a union is? A union is a place where people come together. That's why a reunion is when people come back together. And I think we need more of that. I think we need more public spaces. I mean, we're so shut off from each other and social media helps us be, you know, shut off in our own little world with who, I mean, public spaces are a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't want to go to church with an armed gunman there. I don't want a synagogue to have a, a security guard there. I'm, no. I'm, I'm tired of having to take everything off before I go into some place. It's about time for us to get a hold of the people who are doing this. And if we can't get a hold of the people who are doing this, we need to keep them away from the things that they're using to kill people. And at some point, maybe it's today, and we say that regularly, so it probably isn't, but we got to do something about all these guns. And I don't care if you have a gun, if you like guns. I like guns. I like to shoot guns. I've said that before. I've said I'm a good shot. People don't necessarily believe that. But a gun, I guess we talk about it being a right, the Second Amendment and everything like that. I, I think we need to think about it being a little bit more of a privilege and it needs to be something where you can prove you're responsible with it. And I'd also say that if you are a gun owner and you let your gun get out of your hands and something bad happens with it, that maybe you should face those same consequences because there's a responsibility when you have a weapon to be in control of that weapon 
because when you let it get out of your hands, it can get in the wrong hands. And I don't think by the time we know more about this guy, we're going to find out that he was some sort of uh, genius. We're going to find out he's a pathetic loser yeah. with with serious problems and someone who really should be pitied if he didn't do this heinous thing. But well, it, it, how could he get guns? That's the Second Amendment is a right it's not a privilege but there are limitations on rights just like there are for free speech but sam and patrick the supreme court has made some rulings on that question that are i know but there's limitations on all rights that was my only point yeah no 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 i'm not saying take everybody's guns away don't get me wrong but i am saying they're just too easy to get they are too easy to get that that wayne state police sergeant who was killed was killed by a mentally ill man who had a gun and just straight up shot him and when i posted something about that and it was about 10 years ago that there's just too many guns out there i was immediately attacked because people like oh you know yeah blah 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 no no we've got to do better we've got to stop talking about it we got to do something thank you sam thank you patrick it's tough i don't know i mean i don't know how you how you deal with it today but you guys did a hell of a job talking about it Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're going to get something to eat. We haven't yeah. had a bite to eat yet you today. It. So. You deserve it. Um, yeah, go get something to eat. I sent you a little yeah. something. Oh, Thank you. What you send? Uh, just a little something to help go. A little something to help both of them go eat. Yeah, yeah. Sean's old, so it's probably Starlight Mints. Sorry, boys. <laughs> get, get to Jersey Giants. Go to the one by Frandor. It's, 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 it's they're, back in, uh, they're back in. They're uh, back your in your favorite town. Yeah. Oh, they are okay. Well, I hope you send them a lot because they might go to that deli that everybody gets crazy about. Zingerman's. What's yeah, the, they got enough to go like to you Zingerman's. Don't know. Yeah. Twenty dollars so. sandwich place. All right, well, let's let them get out of here. Thanks again for for spending some time with us and talking about what you went through. I know it's not easy. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day, guys. Okay. See you Thanks, guys. Fellas. See you guys soon. Don't forget to like us and rate us and subscribe to us. On I got us. It's you know it's statutory. Oh but uh, um, yeah. So I didn't want to ask Patrick this because he was very generous with his time. But you know, one of the things you don't think about with these guys is this is probably the quietest a bunch of kids have been together in a room for a long time because nobody's making a noise. Well, their phones are on silent, right? Right. Yeah. And it's dark and the only lights probably from the screen of the phones. You can, you can imagine that he painted a really, uh, you know, it's like that John Krasinski movie. You make a noise, you could die. Oh, quiet place. But but here's the other thing you don't think about where are you going to the can? Because I know a kid who was on campus, hold up. And they had to take a piss in a trash can in a uh, in a room probably full of a bunch of their friends. Actually, who are all if I'm hiding. not if I'm not mistaken, either Sam or Ann, one of them told me that 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 was an issue for Patrick last night trying to find a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and meeting and all the other kids that he that were in there with him. Well, that's the thing. You're not going to leave the room and look for a bathroom. You're going to find what's around there. I mean, you imagine me in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. Point. yeah. yeah. Well, you you piss in a trash can here, <laughs> and there's no threat other than you know just you because I can't get other upstairs. than a, a, ki- a bladder infection. Yeah, know, I can't get upstairs to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah it's because uh, you love you love the new wave music. You don't want to leave in the middle of it. We really appreciate that. Um, well, you know it's you know those guys are doing great, and um, I don't know about Sean or Sam, but I, I think Patrick's from a good family, so he he should be okay. <laughs> but um, but you really don't know what's going to happen to these kids for a while because this is all fresh and raw. They haven't had any sleep. They, as I just told you a minute ago, they haven't eaten anything. And um, uh, this is the kind of thing that I think 
sort of drips in on you where you are at Berkey Hall Absolutely. And, you, and you think you're okay. And all of a sudden you got to leave the room because you're like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not okay. No I, I didn't, I didn't realize it. No, no question. And, and the kids that we have today struggle so much with just peace of mind that I know the university is overwhelmed trying to find enough therapists and counselors to work with them. That was before today. Now there's potentially 45,000 clients. How are those kids all going to get somebody to talk to and, and someone to make a relationship where they can trust to share their feelings going forward, particularly for the guys, because, you know, we just, we just tend to be miserable. The, the, the women are better about talking to people about their feelings, but we just kind of drink beer, smoke weed and start fights, you know, and drive too fast. I, I hope that uh, everybody who's feeling like they got something they need to get off their chest just goes ahead and does it because there's no shame in it. In fact, if you don't feel like you need to talk to somebody these days, you're probably one of the few. By the way, did you see any family resemblance? I'm not trying to make light here, but uh, could you see any at all? Uh, he was a very handsome man. Is that where you're going? Because uh, uh, I was he, thinking he, recessive genes again. I, but I want to see, see a younger picture of you. No, it, he, he has all his hair. He does. No, <laughs> it, there, there's not a lot. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. My oldest son is the one that takes after my side of the family. He takes after his mom's side. So. They're both good-looking boys, and it makes me wonder. Um, With their mind, is that, is that what you're saying? No, no, of course they, of course they're yours. Um, they, he got on the <laughs> podcast, and he immediately wanted to go get something to eat. I knew, it, I knew right away this guy's a Windsor. He also asked but, a question about if he could do something, and he just did it anyway. And then he just did it anyways. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the, 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 the insolence. I mean, you know, but uh, dudes, yeah. man. Short of telling somebody there's a there's an active shooter, you know these Windsors don't listen to anybody. But uh, but no, they good. You got good boys, and so you should be very proud of them. I am, and uh, I'm relieved. Um, like a lot of parents are, unfortunately, um, there's some families that aren't, and um, I guess you know I'm grateful for that too. But uh, well aware that uh, you know next time it could be me or somebody i know a lot more yeah it's just it's just with the frequency that these happen well and we 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 can't lock everything down i mean i'm I'm sorry it's just it's or or arm everybody right that's not the answer either we can't arm because you know what what is that that's not going to do i mean in evaldi's a good example of that they had a swat team out the door and still couldn't stop that kid this sounds awful but i think we're just at the place where we accept that these bad things are really going to happen as somebody pointed out last nobody, night, nobody was, has any interest in solving anything. Well, as somebody pointed out last night, it was an older tweet from six, seven years ago. But once Sandy Hook happened, and we decided, hey, we're okay with all my elementary kids, mm-hmm. and we're not going to do much, we're not going to do anything about it. Then, then, then that was it. Yeah, that was it. If, you know? if that alarm didn't wake you up, it just you, you, you're never gonna. You're just gonna go through life with your eyes closed. And I, I think this has become very political, and I think people have have taken on both sides have taken uh, gun control and, and tried to score points with it. it. It's time for us to be a lot more bipartisan about it and to come together on some things. We saw a little bit about that uh, in the past year, but we have a lot of people who need to be helped, who need institutions and we just don't have them and we don't have a way to deal with that. And nobody's going to pass a law in the next year or in the next hour or really in the next five years that's going to stop this. But we need to understand that it's a long-term solution. And the sooner we get there depends on how soon we start because it's not going to be anything that happens quickly. But we have got to get moving on this because this is not acceptable. You know, when, when, when it happened in Oxford, it finally 
came to our doorsteps. For those of us who live in mid-Michigan or, or have children at Michigan State or work at Michigan State, it's, it's now on our front porch. It's, you know, this is... I, it's, it's so commonplace, ML. My one thought was, hey, this could have been a lot worse. It's, which is no, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No consolation for the people that are injured. That's the went thing. That's it. the thing yeah. when you say, yeah, that's right. the thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sick of telling people, uh, uh, buck up, at least you're not dead. That really feels yeah. like a binary choice that I, I don't want. No, but I'm at the with. point where, wow, this could have been a lot worse uh, in terms of fatalities. Oh, uh, you know. Not I, that it happened. Not no, that it I, happened and people I, are going to be affected, but wow, it's okay. This could have been worse. Yeah. I was, I did, no, I, I'm, I'm I, so grateful our kids and, and so many of the people we know and love are, are okay because... They they are okay physically, right? But this is going to linger. I just got a text. Sure. I just got a text from uh, the family that my, my brother's daughter, Mallory, who's a freshman up there in a dorm, she and a friend of hers drove home once they were cleared in the middle of the night. They just wanted to get home. and um, And when she walked in the house... Uh, my sister-in-law, uh, Mallory's mother, said Mallory just broke down and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And um, my guess is there are thousands of kids who had a very similar reaction late last night or this morning. Uh, well, the reason why my daughters aren't on the show is because they're still dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're alone. And uh, and I want to say something about the police because we, we, we criticize the police when they have it coming. But... I'll tell you, I know my way around that part of the state pretty well. And roadblocks or not, I could have got to Williamston and I could have pulled a bike out of the back of my trunk and I could have ridden into campus and I could have gone and grabbed my kids and got them out of there. But I did have a feeling like the police were, were on the scene and they were yeah. the best suited well, they to deal with this. And it's an incredibly, incredibly impotent feeling to think that you are waiting to find out whether doing nothing was the right decision. And if it wasn't, you have to live with that for the rest of your life. But, but the police did a, a really good job and they, um, you know, they didn't lose anybody. I was, I was amazed at how quick uh, buildings were cleared, you know, not easy buildings. I wouldn't think. Oh, too. and this is yeah. a night too. The, and these yeah. things tend to happen during the day, right? I'm, it's just, yeah. you're right. Sprawling campus. To, like you said, lush campus, even though there are no leaves right now. But um, and to, the, to that point, I understand. Well, plus, you tell everybody, get out. This guy can be a face in that crowd. He can just ride that wave of bodies right out to, uh, right out to to Liberty. I mean, oh my! And God, he did. He, he did. He left out of what the north entrance yes. of the Union. The police yeah. said, and he just kind of walked away. And home. Yeah. Sam told me that he saw a photo of him of him at one point, just sort of casually walking down the street. Yeah. It, before he got to wherever it was when he took his life and but, someone did spot him and call police and that's how they you know converged on him to where then he took his own life right before he got home it sounds like well i i uh, feel terrible saying this because i i do believe in the sanctity of life but when i heard this guy blew himself out i was like well done I was oh, very sure. relieved. Well, well, I'm sure a lot of the, I'm sure all the it's kids, no loss. all the students, kids up there were were relieved, right, that the threat was over. And it's interesting because Mark and I were talking about this before we started recording, Mike. And I understand that relief, and absolutely. At the same time, when I I was talking to Sam when that happened, and you could hear it in real time on the scanners, we're talking about the misinformation. Well, there's a lot of truth on the scanners too, right? Because the cops are also reporting some stuff that's happening, including that when he shot him, and the, that there was a man out there who fit the description of the suspect who took his who shot himself, and then you could hear 
the, the either the police or if there were first responders, there was probably police at that point trying to give them CPR. And that made me feel relieved and okay too because that, that our, the structures of our society, the fundamental things we believe, even though they probably had a 95% idea, 99% idea, that was the shooter. There's still some due process and there's still some, even though this guy did what he just did, I'm still going to try and save his life. And then he'll go through the criminal justice system, whatever. Yeah, we'll, but we'll hang I, him later. But, I agree. But, I, but I'm so glad he's dead. But I, but I like that when there's chaos, that there's still I, small I signs of our society. And that was, sure. and that was, I, I don't know. I found that. Um, I agree with that. But I'm heartening it in a way yeah. that the human being who, and I don't know if it was a police officer or a first responder. I'm guessing it was a cop. Perform CPR. I just think that's a humane and reflective yeah. of a humane this guy doing society. Job, no, yeah. that's that's right. And and uh, and he is innocent until proven guilty. Although I think he went out with a lot of evidence on him. But he did. I mean, up until the moment this guy decided to go to campus and do this, my guess is by the time we get to the bottom of it, and the Free Press did interview his brother in Delaware, and I encourage you to read what he had to say. I think what we're going to find out is this was a very pathetic human being. Yep. This this is someone who up until the moment he decided to try and kill his fellow man deserved our pity. But um but there is a point where where you cross over and and if you're not getting help and if we can't help you, we have to stop you. And I'm relieved also for the officers that this guy ended his own life because if you had to take somebody's life, that's a heavy burden on you. So at least he spared them so i guess point, yeah. thanks asshole but uh you know rest in peace but um i'm i'm uh i'm having trouble feeling really bad that you're gone but i i, I am sorry for the terrible life you left and well to your point the, the terrible legacy that you live pity you right didn't you say ultimately there's probably going to be some of that when you pathetic. look at the, that's right? what pathos is he's he's a pathetic horrible person but but there's also pathos there there's there's yeah because people aren't people don't come out that way yeah this is this is not what anybody aspires to that's that's not why he went to michigan state no but uh but i think we'll know more about him in the coming days but i think we really want to focus our our efforts on doing whatever we can to help the people who are are uh are struggling And, and so i'm sure you'll see over the next couple of days funds to support people here and there um you know make sure they're legit yeah, make make sure they're legit and that, for that, sure. And that's what's driving me nuts about this too is all this misinformation and the, the idea that people might I don't know if they have but might start a GoFundMe for their own purposes. You know what I mean? Not for the families. Oh, there's it, a it, lot of scammers out there. It the happens misinformation, all the time. The misinformation last night was uh, I don't know. I was really I was really pissed off about some of the stuff coming out of my television. It's like you don't know that. And I was telling Sean. I mean, we're we're older. We've seen. These when you hear multiple shooters, that's so unlikely. So why yeah, does that, somebody mention has that happened other than Columbine? Uh, but three shooters, I, if it has, I, I mean, even more than one. I'm sure it has because I feel like everything's happened. But it's it's very it's very rare. Columbine's the one that sticks out. In sure, my mind. Yeah, yeah, two two of them, Klebold and Harris. Yeah, well, it's th- funny how we remember their names because sure. back then. It was shocking in a way that it's just not now, and that is pretty pathetic. It really is. Yeah. Speaking of pathetic, well, we we've been groomed. We've we've been groomed by Wayne Lapierre, 
who, uh, you know, Wayne, when you get the call, let me just suggest that you dress light in that coffin because where you're going, it is not going to be cold. You are not going to need that windbreaker. You are going to be engulfed in sulfur and flame and brimstone and you will be sodomized on an hourly basis by a spear. And I wish you all the best down there, my friend. I may be with you. And if I am, I will make sure that that spear is sharpened on an hourly basis because you have been the leader in this nation from keeping us from having a real discussion about responsible gun ownership and about limitations that may make sense for people because of politics and because we now know that you money. love money so much. Yeah, money. So you're willing to sacrifice your fellow man for money, for privilege, for luxury. Guess what, buddy? You're going to meet the devil, and he's going to look a lot like you. Let me, let me just say this real quickly. Speaking of the Columbine, and I, I'm curious, Scott, if you can remember this far back about what it was like when you heard about that. I was uh, working for a newspaper in Alabama, and I was up in Tennessee going to a story when I heard about it on the radio. And, um, you know, the Internet wasn't the, the, the thing it was. Quite obviously, you listen on the Marconi, and I will never forget that radio feeling. That feeling of network. But do you do you you remember that? Did you guys have a similar feeling? I remember Uh, vividly. The the pit in the stomach that we were headed to some kind of anarchy. That we were. that, That how could it be that that what was happening. To the fundamental structures of the society, would let this well, happen. Was it was dumb. so new. I was too Nothing dumb. Had, I'm too dumb to think that. But if I you remember just, before that, we had Paducah, we had Pearl, Mississippi. There was one in in Oregon. There was one in San Diego. So there were a few smaller individuals. The San Diego ones. one had been. Oh, you're talking about uh, McDonald's. San Isidro. Well, that was that was eighty one. There was a. It was outside of San Diego. There was another school shooting around that time. But but there had been smaller ones leading up to Columbine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember that day vividly. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned the McDonald's one because I was, that was, I want to say that was 81. It was. That stuck with I, me. I would have been five in, years it old. It was in the early 80s. I remember that because I was in uh, college, I want to say, in, in Austin. But but I just remember I that a, feeling when Columbine happened. We, we don't have that feeling now, do we? Maybe yeah. for maybe for young people they do, but we don't. No, now it's about. It's happened know. twice in a year here yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, this is not like. It happens every month. Yeah, but right? I mean, but on some Michigan, level, maybe more than that. In one of fifty states, we've gotten we we were we were spared. Now we've been hit twice. I mean, I don't like yeah. that. I don't like that batting average. That's not good. That's not good at all. You can't even keep up with them. And there was a, the, the guy that went into the mall in Omaha a few years ago. I I only remember that because I have family in Omaha. But but there there's so many of them now. We we can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, well that's moving on. That's I don't bleak. Know. So we we do have. Some more lighthearted portions of the show. We're going to uh, we're going to have uh, room seven six zero nine. We're going to have a little new wave music for you. Something not too upbeat, but something a little soothing. I hope. And uh, after we tell you a little bit about some people who can help make your life easier, which is probably something that we could all use right now, we're going to have a, a special geek of the week. But uh, Mark, before we before we get to that, let, let's hear a little bit about uh, about two really generous people and i want to i want to emphasize something about about there is a lot of kindness and a lot of just solid gold human beings out there clark park we were trying to raise five thousand dollars online and uh it was looking pretty bleak and we extended the deadline by 10 days and just when it looked like that campaign was about to collapse and this is money that helps kids and helps kids 
get raised right so they don't go off the rails like like some of the people we've been talking about. And I don't mean Sam and Patrick, all that Wolverine fan thing makes me wonder if time for an intervention. But there's a guy, and I'm not going to name him, um, uh, although his name may be Luke, who sent us $1,000. And and this is a guy who is just one of the people who, when we when we sit here and say humanity is really desperate, I'm reminded of some people who tell me that there's a lot more good guys out there than bad guys. Luke is a, Luke is a genuinely really good guy. And, it, and I don't know, is it irony or is it just odd that he lives up nearly, not to dox him, but he lives up in the East Lansing area. So, you know, I'm sure he's feeling it too. But uh, so, yeah, I'll tell you about Luke Nowacki because if you got a big financial decision, such as purchasing a new home, car, anything you got going on, you got to know how that's going to affect your future financial goals, Luke is a money guy. He knows it well. Pinnacle Wealth Strategies is his team. He can help you plan for all your financial goals, both today and into the future. And like ML said, really solid guy. Call Luke today, 248-663-4748. He's going to give you a complimentary consultation to see if your plan will align with your goals. And I hope Luke doesn't mind that I mentioned his generosity because when you call Luke... He will make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRAS.DC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Another solid man would be... David Hall there of Hall go. Financial. There you go. Hall Financial. They can help you consolidate your debt, mortgage interest rates. They're, they're moving all over the place, so... Why don't you give uh, Hall Financial a call, see what they can do. They provide a free five-minute mortgage review. They can see if you can get money out of your house with the uh, equity to pay off some of those you know, high debts, those credit card debts, maybe student loans, whatever's going on there. If you got debt, let Hall Financial help you eliminate it. In most cases, you can access your money in two weeks or less. So whether you're looking to purchase a new home, refinance the home you're in, you need to call Hall Financial first, 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? So obviously a tragic day and night at Michigan State. Uh, New York Times was covering it. The national media was covering it. I suspect the international media was covering it as well. They were, yeah. But embedded in the New York Times coverage was a story that said the shooting at Michigan State University on Monday upended the lives of thousands of students. An understatement, to be sure. It also put the school back in the national spotlight, true enough, years after a sex abuse scandal involving a prominent sports medicine doctor and its faculty become, became public. The scandal stoked public anger over the administration's handling of sexual assault and set off a series of leadership changes. And then this goes on paragraph after paragraph to recount the Larry Nassar scandal, all of which is, is a horrible thing that, that nobody's trying to downplay. But at a time that we're looking at lives being upended, kids' lives being destroyed, lives lost... The New York Times is trying to link that to the Larry Nassar scandal? You've got to be kidding me. This is when you talk about Michigan State, you talk about, about a massacre on campus and try and bring it back to the Nassar scandal? You know, That's I, ridiculous. I think the world of the New York Times, but this is out of bounds. I, this I, is out of line. This is tone deaf. This is ridiculous. It's outrageous. It's offensive. 
And uh, it's unrelated. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is unrelated. Talk about a news non sequitur. It's sort of like ML Elric died yesterday of uh, an unknown disease. By the way, he's got bad breath and a short dick. I <laughs> I saw another uh, unrelated. Also not accurate. The another NASA un- stuff is unrelated at North. I, I, I chew know. gum. That's why I chew the gum. Do you guys think it's it's worth mentioning? Because I saw this in a story that the shooter um, lived in the same hotel, uh, hometown as uh, Barry Croft, the, the kidnapper of, of Whitmer. Is that, y- is that really what? germane to the story? Talk about it? a news non sequitur. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I that, that was we, odd. Mike, we do this all the time, right? I mean, and by we, I mean just newspapers. I remember when I first got into the business and started writing news stories and if something like this happened, well, not like this exactly, but a news story happened, the, the editors would want what they thought of was context. That's how they think about it. I mean, we're trained to think that way. And it's, I'm glad that we're starting to, to ask questions because I think there's been a lot of collateral damage with news stories in the last 30 years. We don't even think about it. We just automatically, you know, if something tragic happens or something bad happens to an institution or a person or whatever, then that, that stays with them for so long, even if that particular thing doesn't come back up again. Well, now the New York Times did have a lot of stories about this, so I don't want to pretend that this is the only thing that they they wrote. So don't get me wrong, but when I was the obituary writer, I had to write the obituary for an executive at a radio station that fired Ernie Harwell, and that was included prominently in my story. And the family was upset, and I understood why they were upset, which is why I gave them a heads up that I had to do that. But it's because the only reason, the only that anybody would know who this guy was, because of all the decisions he made. As the head of this radio station, firing Ernie Harwell was the biggest one. And then we went in and told the rest of his his life, but we didn't say so and so died. He fired Ernie Harwell, and then tell the whole Ernie Harwell story. I mean, you know, if somebody has has done something that's raised their profile, good or bad, yes, it's going to be mentioned. I mean, my obituary is now going to say M. L. Elric, a real son of a bitch who won the Pulitzer Prize, died yesterday. If anybody cares to At write about it. the hands of Sean Windsor. Yeah, but that's, that's, we can't rule that out. But but fair enough. My hands aren't that strong. <laughs> but, but but the thing is, you, 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 you're going to mention something big in somebody's life, but then you have to tell their whole story. And I just think, was, yeah. this is, this is you know, come on, man. Yeah, it's come like uh, writing a story All about, the news that's fit to print? No, that's not fit. Yeah, you don't talk about uh, OJ and then mention his 273 yards rushing on Thanksgiving Day, do you? Because it's not really related to the murder. Well, yeah. Or if uh, you're telling the story of Hertz Rent-A-Car, you don't say Hertz Rent-A-Car, from the New York, which once hired a murderer. Yeah, from the really national weird. perspective, that's right? From the New York, you know what the Times is thinking from the national's perspective. The last time, making his the getaway in a white Bronco he rented at the airport. The last time Michigan State was on the, in the news nationally was was because of Nasser. So well, that's dumb though. The, so they're the making that link. Okay, they're, they're telling their the basketball readers. Team. So they're telling their readers. They're not blaming Michigan State. I understand what they're trying to do. It's just I understand your point though, Mike. But what they're trying to tell their readers is, you know, this poor institution has had some things happen, and uh, not necessarily its fault, but uh, right. So they're saying. This gunman comes is the same place where that just is coming off the the pain of Larry Nasser, and so that's what they're thinking, uh, right, uh, right or wrong. I, I, you know? I think it's wrong. They're not trying to trash the school; they're just no. trying to give readers some perspective that this unit, this institution's been through it in the last five years. That's all they're trying to do, honestly, in a clunky way. I, I don't like it because it really kind of minimizes the absolute randomness of what this guy did last night. Because. 
by all accounts, it doesn't seem like he went there for any purpose other than that there were people there. Not that we know of yet, right? Yeah. Well, regardless of what Sean thinks, New York Times, you're our Geek of the Week. Don't say R. It's the Royal R. He was referring to him, me and him. Okay, well. So it is Black History Month, and we want to highlight some bands, new wave bands, that have either been led by or include some prominent members who frankly don't look like most of the people in new wave music, and not just because a lot of people in new wave music wear pancake makeup like like Robert Smith and are even whiter than white. What about the fine young cannibals? Well, we did do the fine young cannibals. last week? We did. Last week. (laughs) In fact, you know... There's the Sean I know and love. Here's a... Here's a... a, a, I know we did. This is a true (laughs) Sean moment, too, because he sends me a text uh, about a month ago that says, you know, this is a great song, but why don't we do... uh, Why don't we do um, uh, this song by the fine young cannibals? I said, it's such a great idea. We did it it, uh, uh, about a year ago. And he goes... Oh, yeah, I remember. So, so we started this month with the Fine Young Candles, but now we move to General Public. To Lenny Kravitz? No, no, General what? Public, who's led by Ranking Roger, an outstanding, also prominent member of the English Beat. But this is a little more low-key song, General Public doing General Public. Uh-huh. Face it now cause it's 
So I, I, I picked general public this morning by general public because it is a little more, it is a little more low key. It's a little more soothing, but, but the lyrics I think sort of speak to the moment. Seek out individuality. Make sure you show hospitality. Face it now because it's reality. Watch the change in personality. What's to change humanity? And I think the answer is we are. We should do it. Humans should make the change. But, I really uh, don't like uh, songs that have the same name as the band. Yeah, and it's from the album General Public. No, no I, <laughs> I don't know. Like if talk, it talk, talk with Talk, Talk. And you don't like Talk, Talk by Talk, Talk? No, I, just, talk, I, talk? I immediately discard a song if it's named the same thing as the band. Why can't it like be Like Bad talk Religion and Bad Religion. What about Bad Company by Bad Company? I don't company? like it. I, I won't even listen to it. It's Bad Company. I'm Bad Company. Who did, uh, what's the song? It's My Life. Who did, uh, what's it's it? My that's Life. That's Talk, Talk. Bon Jovi? That's Talk, Talk. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, that's also. That's a great song. How come we don't play that song? We have played that song. We don't. No, we haven't. No, we played something else by them. Yeah, of course, of course. We because the, the whole the, purpose of this segment is not to play ML, the one song everybody knows by the band that play, everybody knows. It's to play the B sides. Well, it's been which they had years? to do because there was space there on the vinyl. He's never going to get it. <sighs> no, yeah, let's let's play the sides that the record companies had to do because otherwise it would just been smooth no right. grooves on the other side. Look, we've talked about this for a long time. Are you, but that Mark, is the song the record company wanted. That was the that's what the A&R man said, let's let's play it's my life. That is the hit. That is the A side. March is going to be Sean Windsor New Wave month. We do we pick all the songs for March? I'll pick one. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to hear Milky Way. But that's the A side too. That's the hit. I know, of course, right Mark? Well, people love the hits, I'll tell you that much. But we're here to, to bring some to oh, I get the idea. people something. Anyway, general... Look of love. You do that and I'm good. Also the A-side. That would have been good for Valentine's Day. Which one do you like better, Look of Love or Poison Arrow? Wow, that's... that's that's You co- toss a coin and it's heads on both sides. You can't yeah. lose. Oh, they're both fantastic. Songs. And you incredible know, ABC song. was at the Magic Bag last summer, which I totally missed... And I'm hoping they come back because I would love to try and get them on the show. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. The Magic Bag. Willie Willie Wilson uh, is one of the bookers at the Magic Bag. You Great may have man. heard him on WDET. Great guy. Great knows everybody. Yeah. And we may try and get him to hook us up with that'd some. Be, some that'd be apps. really fun. Yeah. No, very cool. Um, so some of the things I really like about this particular tune is the tempo changes. You know, it kind of picks up a little bit, then it gets back into a groove. And then there's that false ending. Yeah, and which then, scared uh, me. Then, you know, of course, it's got some great bass lines and very fantastic percussion. But uh, Ranking Roger, terrific leader in the New Wave movement in England, bringing a little sort of ska flavor to New Wave. He was uh, one of the leaders in general public, along with Dave Wakeling, and then also went on to be uh, a key member in, um, in the English Beat. I may have the I may have the chronology wrong. You may have been English beat first with uh, uh, I think with Pato. There's a song Pato and Roger take a walk. Uh huh. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly. It sounded like that. But uh, Ranking Roger, <laughs> terrific uh, artist, and um, I think he just passed uh, a year or two ago. He did. Yeah. So uh, more than that, but yeah, not that. Just long. seems like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't bury him, then he really is ranking. But I think he was probably laid to rest properly. 
So uh, we would love to get your suggestions. A sides, B sides, you know, we're not going to get too picky here at uh, room 7609. Send us your suggestion at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. We got some great shoegazing suggestions, which we will get back to once we get through uh, Black History Month, because we do want to. We do want to bring some acclaim to some artists that maybe you missed. And and we have so many good suggestions. We may extend this a little bit. Somebody suggested Bad Brains. Do you know Bad Brains? I do, oh, yeah. I do know Bad Brains. By the way, how do you Kind gaze? of more of a punk band, how don't do you, you think? Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. How do, how do you, they're from New Orleans, right? How do you, or maybe they're not. How do you gaze at your shoes if you can't see them? Oh, because you're fat like me? Yeah, like I can't see my oh, shoes. okay. I could maybe navel gaze <laughs> if I used a mirror. My handheld there. <laughs> Sam, the Sam, are you still there? This, this, <laughs> this is why Sam wanted to get out of here. He's like, I, I know the old man's about to go off the rails. So let me, no, I'm just trying to have a, a nosh. Just trying to do a real mic in a little God bit. God bless you. With some uh, absurdity. God bless you. Yes, we love to hear from you. And, uh, and I should give you a fair warning, too, before we get to uh, another segment of the show. I have asked... Our musical director, Max Prokop, to try and put together a couple of new grooves for our 200th episode, which is coming up later on this month. So uh, so before we before we get to feedback, I want to thank the people who also make this show popular uh, possible, our very generous donors. And, you know, we started the year real slow without any donations or not too many. And big rally, Dennis Stanford sends us a very generous really? donation. He says, I haven't donated in a while, but after the February 7th show, I felt it was necessary. Please use this donation to buy Lila treats and pee pads. Her barking oh, contributed yeah. way more than Sean. <laughs> Working in Ann Arbor for the better part of 30 years, I must say Sean is a true Ann Arborite. Instead of using a shovel to throw some dirt, sand, mulch on ice for traction, he almost gives himself a stroke, <laughs> pushes and pulls his car free. Three smiley face emojis. Love the show from ML's long-winded responses to simple questions to Mark stroking the flames what? between ML's ego and Sean's lack of emotion. It's good listening. <laughs> Sean, start pulling your weight, not your car. That's great. Thank yes, you. Yes, Matt Jennings should make a return. He can be your boner line just like ah, the DNM. Not a bad idea. Podcast. So, uh, so thank you very much, Dennis. Nancy. Also said, Wait, hey, Dennis wants me to show emotion? Oh, no, my he, God. He, he also listening? wants you to call a tow truck. He doesn't want anything to happen to you. Yeah, we're worried about you. Okay. Yeah. Have you recovered? Uh, no, no, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I'm here. He said, uh, he said, like a true and arborite, he put tabbouleh under his tires for traction. Really? You think that would help? That quinoa is kind of, it's got some friction to it. Uh, yeah. So... Nancy says, love the show. If I had a T-shirt or something with a logo on it, I'd be happy to advertise for you. Well, Nancy, I'm going to send you an email. You let us know what size you wear, and we will be happy to make you an influencer for the, uh, the good old soul of Detroit. And we also have another donation. If I don't screw it up, oh, this just came in the other day. It is from Rosemary, who has not donated before, so she is showing you how easy it is. She says quite simply, "Love you guys." So, Rosemary. Aww. Rosemary or Rosemary? Back. Oh, that's a good question. Is it Rosemary? Like Rosemary Clooney? Either one's fine. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, I thought Mike was going to have something. Quick, he was looking but, for the answer. No, no. I, I just think sometimes, uh, sometimes it's the mystery that keeps us coming back. Yeah, so, okay. uh, if you would like I to like join, it when you cock your head, but like that, by the way, at me, it's it's fetching. Yeah, it's, it's what animals do when they're confused. I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was what they did when they were in heat. 
But uh, you know what? It is Valentine's Day. <laughs> but um, if you would like That's to donate, presenting. as Rosemary did, or Rosemary, and find out how easy it is, Mark, um, try and unravel this mystery. Try and expose these this fundamental truth. MLSoulOfDetroit.com. Donate button. Takes you to your PayPal, where you can unload it there. Damn, that really... Very simple. Really, really is easy. So uh, we have a little feedback to share this week, and we love hearing from you. Again, you can reach us at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. We have uh, a regular correspondent who once again raises the question of the Hudson skyscraper. She says, the core has not grown in months because it's only going to be barely taller than the 15th floor Hudson's block and one campus marshes next to it. Less than 20 floors, no residents for sale because those upper floors won't exist. Well, I don't know if that's true, but we will keep checking on that, Alexis. If you've been following my man, uh, R.C. Rindell's, or J.C. Rindell's, yeah, it's my man. I'm built right up there. Um, if you follow J.C. Rindell, all these guys with initials are so pretentious. Well, but uh, they're, suspic- they're suspicious. <laughs> you just never know what they're hiding, but... Yeah. If you follow JC's work in the free press, he's doing a great job writing about the latest $1.5 billion tax, uh, let's just say, uh, situation. Ponzi scheme? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, JC was on the show a couple episodes ago. Catch up on that. Now, I've been going to some of these hearings, too, and one of the really interesting things, and I still don't know where I stand on this. Yes, please tell us. But one of the really interesting things about the six point no 616 million dollar tax break that the developers want it, it, it was just approved and so now it goes to city council it was approved by a, a brownfield tax credit board blah 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 now it goes to city council here's what's interesting about that this is not a reduction in their property taxes it's taxes that will be generated by the project. They want to get a piece of that. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they will not be lowering anybody's tax share. They will just be seeking to reap a portion of the rewards for their labors, which is a somewhat novel concept. I don't quite know how I feel about it, but I think there's a sense of, oh, this is going to be taking money away from the schools. and this. No, this is only going, they're only going to get this money if they generate this business which is kind of interesting i have a question for you so we'll keep an eye on that so with 619 million dollars how many rivieras could you buy or or cut or really the question you have oldsmobile cutlasses if i prefer i paid fifteen hundred dollars for that cutlass so a lot but uh, you could add to your collection. that was back in 1987 you could add to your collection that had plenty of money of left over to keep them running Sadly, we lost two cars this week. Our Ford C-Max died on us, and we're not sure if it will be revived. And then later on that week, one of my daughters got into a fender bender and got the front end of the car, the Jeep, crinkled up. This is our new car, the one with 95,000 miles that we bought from the young woman uh, whose daughter was at Oxford and then in East Lansing. And then at the end of the week, it got rear-ended. So... It's probably looking a little bit like an accordion, so we could use some more cars, believe it or not. But uh, but thank you, Sean. And with your donations, someday we'll get those cars. Um, one more message here from Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Daniel says, uh, I subscribed to the Freep last month, hey. and now I donated over $100 to Clark Park. Listening to your podcast is getting pricey. But, Daniel, I hope you'll agree. 
worth it. It's worth every penny. And you can subscribe three months of the free press for 99 cents. Isn't that a deal? I'd buy that for a dollar. Absolutely. And get change. I'd buy that for a dollar. Where where, where did we hear? What movie? Running Man. That's the the Richard Dawson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. When does steroids affect your hearing? (laughs) Remember when he's yelling at his bodyguard when it's pretty clear that... uh, Who was the gal in that? Uh, Conchita? No. um, Yeah, Maria Conchita Alonso. Alonso. Yeah, nice 80s. Have they remade that movie to ruin it yet? Action star. They They remade all those other movies? That's probably one that would get better if they remade it. Think so? Maybe. I Could can be, think in the of, right hands. I can think of a lot of guys replacing Arnold, like uh, maybe John Cena or Dave Bautista. Those guys yeah, are those really, guys are so good, really funny. Total Recall was remade. It was awful. Yeah, but how it do was you... much re- darker, but I like How the do cast. you replace Richard Dawson, man? Blade, Blade Runner was remade, and it was awful. No, for sure, but Blade Runner was actually a good movie. You know, Total you Recall. Like T- Total Recall, which is 80, like 80s can. Blade Runner yeah. with or without the voiceovers. I just... No, both the originals were very good movies. Yeah, I don't Blade Runner I and, and Total both Recall. Total Recall was just sort of fun 80s camp, yeah. but Blade Runner was a, like a serious movie. Like like most of Arnold's movies. Yeah, right. It was fun. Like uh the what was the movie where he where the bad guy steps and they go between the screen the li- um That's Total Recall. No, 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 no. They go between uh reality. It's a he plays a cop in LA. And uh, he's the last he's, action hero. That's it. Yeah. Oh, and he's yeah. in a movie and then it turns out. It. Yeah. 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 Oh, thanks for that input. Yeah. Exactly. Cliffhanger was my favorite Schwarzenegger movie. Cliffhanger. Oh, you know That's what? Stallone, it, isn't it? It is. Oh, okay. It, 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 <laughs> what? You're all over the place today. Now, I wonder why he doesn't think the New York Times non sequitur is so weird. He's, <laughs> he's redefining the form right oh, before that. our very eyes. <laughs> but, it, but they were the same in a lot of ways. So there's a guest. That I I've, I've been talking about having on this show forever, Mark and Ed Murphy is getting tired of me not making it happen. But the guy, he's a Detroit guy. Mm-hmm. He played the guy in the Warriors who shoots Cyrus, mm. and he plays Sully in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he's holding him by the wrist and he says, "Remember Sully when I said I'd kill you last?" I lied. And the guy goes, "Yeah, that's right, you did." He goes, "I lied." He is willing to be a guest on the show. I've got to make that happen because let's he... Ha- let's, ha- let's make that happen. He's a terrific actor. That'd be actor. great. Terrific Sully! Actor. Bro, no way! No way, Sully. Babe, i got to say what up to Sullivan. Okay. Sweet. Sullivan, you chode! I owe you a shot! <laughs> he also killed Mike Ehrmantraut in 48 Hours. Oh. Jonathan Banks, remember? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I remember haven't him. seen that in a long Kills time. Kills him. Yeah. So he is a serious... Oh, no, no. Maybe that was James Reimer. Who right. did. Oh, well, we're, okay. half, we're, we're half right on a lot of things right now. We're going to try. And I love it how the end of the show always devolves into 80s movies. Yeah. We're always going to try. We're gonna I would do that at the beginning of the show. Sully on here. So. Oh, because then it would be interesting. <sighs> Where is Cyrus? We need yeah, uh, by the Where way, is Cyrus? You know, um, please. Yeah, Cyrus, uh, please. Yeah, after we made our appeal for my bladder. Thank you, Cyrus. After we made our appeal for donations, please don't in any way be influenced by Sean's complete hatred of the show. (laughs) His his incredible Yeah, it's terrible. I love the I love the show. Heaping derision on us as I love the show. As we just made an impassioned plea for your dollars. Actually, I love you guys. Yeah. (laughs) But I hate the show. No, I'm kidding. I love the show. I know. Well, show is funny. That, that show is fun to do. That's why I drive here every week through potholes. Well, and thank you for getting Sam and Patrick on today. It was that was yeah. pretty intense. They yeah. did a great job too. Two. Yeah, the circumstances obviously uh, suck, but yep. um, it's yeah, it was interesting to watch him come in here and 
Yeah, he's grown up, you know. I mean, y'all don't have any shit, perspective shit. for that, but uh, yeah. No, I, I remember when he was a little guy. That's true, you do. Yeah, it's you in do. fact... Uh, in fact, I remember uh, he had some... some. Uh, oh, he went camping with you. That's right, yeah. That's right. When I think uh, Jim Schaefer's kid hit me in the head with a shovel or something because... Uh, yeah, they came home talking about you and your pepperoni fart jokes. No, I, there were no pepperoni. No, they, 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 they had never heard of Giuseppe like Brown Eye before. He was oh, uh, a very famous character in um, Italian... Uh, they did. They, they were camping with us, and I had to go do something for work or whatever, and my boys stayed an extra night with Jim Schaefer, and, and Mike came, and, and they came home from that trip. Just uh, They just thought Mike Exhausted? was the funniest guy ever. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah well, that's, that's what happens when you allow kids to start fires. They really love that <laughs> shit. We are, yeah, by the way, banned yeah. from that campground. But that's true. You have, you have seen Sam since he was fairly young. Yeah. yeah, both the boys. Yeah, and well, of course, and Jake. But. They they helped they helped try and bring about positive change. In and then Sam politics. came and did some volunteer work for you on your campaign yeah. with his girlfriend Gina. He never looked so good as when he was wearing that t-shirt. Yeah, he enjoyed himself. Because <laughs> it had your name on it. Well, it's, it's blue with with lovely green on it. What, can, what more could you want? That's perfect perfect color scheme from a kid who grew up in Ann Arbor and became a man in East Lansing. Pretty much. So pretty much. Well, we appreciate you staying with us on a somewhat somber occasion, but uh, we hope we we shed some light on this, and uh, and we hope that wherever you or your children are, your loved ones are, that they'll be safe. And we hope that those who are still waiting to find out how their kids are doing will get good news. And for those who have lost loved ones, um, we uh, you know we we can't say enough how much we hope that you can have peace and strength in this very challenging time. So please make sure that the people who you love know that you love them. Uh, short of getting a text from you in a hostage situation, you can't tell people enough how much you care about them. Mark, you know, you're a great man. Sean, sorry, my mic went out for a minute there, but, but Sean, it's great to be here. With you as, uh, as well. Sure? We're you sure? Technical are you, are you sure? difficulties. I think Joe hit the cough button sure? there. But uh and of course the invisible man, the man behind the curtain, Joe Zuver, who uh who handles all of our fantastic online stuff. Please watch his great work on YouTube. You can subscribe to Soul of Detroit there. It really helps the show if you subscribe. If you hit the bell to get alerts, you'll always know when we go live. And uh and please rate us. We we got a rating uh recently, which is great. We're closing in on I think 500 to 600 ratings so uh we love to know what you think we love your feedback and uh and we love you right sean we do and i love both of you okay mark we we're fond of love you too cyrus okay yeah yeah. oh sorry (laughs) and cyrus of course everybody's favorite guy is cyrus because he's the one who takes us out can you dig that can you dig it can you dig it